Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, Jim. Hey, brother. Are you coming in by video? You want me to do video? Yeah. Can you share stuff too? Or you on a computer where you can share some screens and talk about them? Uh, I'm recording, but I'm not live yet. So I'm just going to hit live. I okay, just wondered we'll if you. A couple of seconds. Okay. And I will close down a whole bunch of stuff you want to want me to show stuff. Okay. Then. I will close everything. Yeah, it might there. be easier to, for you to speak to. I don't know. Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, yeah, I appreciate your time and your take. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start now, live. I'm just going on Facebook because I got canceled from YouTube. I don't know if you heard, but I've been crying about it a little bit, and I'm gonna try. Yeah, 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 a little bit. I'm, I'm bitter, but uh, normally anyway. So I'm gonna try and actually go through OBS to Facebook with this. And then if not, the Zoom call is recording, and then I'll upload that to BitChute or whatever later. All right, so here we go. All right, full screen. Oh, I don't want that full screen, do I? Uh, let me just, uh, I gotta do this. Uh, sorry. All right, we should be live now, brother. How's things, man? Yeah, What's your I'm background gonna... in this? Like, what's... What's your, like, you got a statistical background at all or like what? So uh, I am involved in business transfer, transformation. It's an IT practice where you essentially take the old way of doing business and automate it. And I've been doing this for about 20 years. And a lot of the platform that I work with, which is predominantly Microsoft, uh, is, uh, you know, user interface, automating business processes and all that sort of thing. But then there's this other part, which is reporting on what's going on in the business. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work in the, uh, medical, um, side of things in the States. Of course, it's all private there. So it's employee benefits. And so this is all based on, um, the technology that I've been using for the last 20 years and uh, and really the ability to use that platform to gather the statistics. So um, what's really interesting about you know how I started off is I went directly to the WHO, the WHO's uh, website, and I was pulling information right off of their PDFs. You know, their they're kind of packaged documents. And I was pulling that information right out of there. You can extract information from a PDF? Yeah, I was like oh, really? okay. scraping it out. And uh, and I, like, I didn't have to rekey it or anything. You could go in and actually wow. sort of capture that data right out of the PDF. Huh. And uh, that was, you know, it was cool. It was a little bit awkward to work with. Uh, they kept changing their formats and so on. And then uh, I became aware of the information that John Hopkins University has been putting out. And I started to consume that. 
And another thing that I started to do was pull data directly from the federal government page. And so there's all kinds of data sources. And really, what's, what's really interesting about this, and I, I don't want to go too far off into a, a rabbit hole here, but you know, this has really been a technology-empowered disease. We've had a lot of technology come into play, just like the technology we're using right here. Um, and and uh, it's, it's been very interesting to watch the whole What do you mean by that? Say that again, a technology-powered disease. How? What do you mean? Well, we know more about this disease than any other disease in the past. Mm -hmm. So uh, if we think about the scientists who are studying it, and the information they're sharing, um, you know, the, they're uploading the, the genome of the RNA that is COV2, you know, the actual virus that causes COVID, the disease, the disease is COVID-19 the virus is COV-2. And uh, so those scientists are doing their work and they're uploading that onto the internet and sharing it in real time uh, so that they know the genetic code of this virus instantly. And people can take that information and start doing their own work and their own analysis. It's just an incredible technology-driven discussion. Uh, yeah, well, thanks for inserting yourself into it. I'm not I'm, like I, I go to look at it. I, you know, some of it I, I I have the power to focus on what what I'm looking for. But if you go through enough slides, you can see enough trends even for yourself if you're looking for specific things. So what I heard today right. was is uh, what I, I consider myself probably ten days into a voluntary distancing, and you know, I just go for food basically. That's <laughs> it. I walk and. You know, it's like, I'm not like, but most, probably the dirtiest places are the are the grocery stores or whatever. But today I heard that the single most susceptible group, and we have this map, we have more, you're talking about information. We have an identified, a couple identified groups that are high risk. Guess what the, I don't know if you heard, guess what number one is though? And it's not age, it's obesity. Can you is believe it? this? Yeah. I just heard it today. I'm like, <gasps> seriously? So fat is not beautiful mm. anymore because we've been telling you all along. It's hard for you. Don't, don't carry that much weight. It's not good for you. And I heard today, I don't know if that's uh, what somebody else is trying to get in. I didn't give out a link. No, no. I think it's me you? just trying to get in from my uh, oh, you desktop want to... as well because okay. I'm connected in through my phone. Okay. Yeah. That and, might change uh, the setup though. Cool. Oh, all right, cool. So, anyways, well, I was surprised to hear that, but uh, yeah, I'm interested in any trends. Like, you know me, the first thing I wanted to know was, um, when are we going to peak? When are we going to reach apex infection rate? That's all I wanted to know since this thing started, right? And then, yeah, the I heard was only a you know maybe a week ago. They were saying middle April. Now it looks like even some of the hot spots, we're seeing a turn in that. And I, Jeff, speak to the larger question, please. I know I'm throwing a lot at you right now, but the larger question is, yes, yeah, social distancing, yes, protect the vulnerable, but really shut down the whole world. 
like i like i don't know there's not a vaccine i'll take i'll take my chances with the flu it's not like i'm not i see myself as not highly at risk to dying from it if i have any symptoms at all i just wonder like man this is unprecedented somebody said on my comment the other day i said you know i was joking half joking bets that may 2 4 the states is up and running and christmas we're still just doing stuff you know and i said it tongue-in-cheek obviously but like and someone commented yeah. about like no this is um he said oh the american economy will collapse if they reach a hundred thousand dead i'm like dude keeping business the whole economy shut down is going to kill more people than the virus ever would so well and i think i think scientists know that I, I, that's a really good point um you know economists and scientists have all been discussing that point and and ultimately we can only keep the the economy shut down for so long and uh, you know i think the the government knows that too and so they're coming to that realization um, but I think there's there's a couple of uh, really interesting cases that will help illustrate what happens if you just sort of throw caution to the wind. And I think Sweden is one of those cases. Um, you know, Sweden uh, is was amongst a group of slow-growing uh, countries. Um, you know, the Scandinavian countries really formed a cluster that that were growing extremely slowly. And they took on this, in Sweden, they took on this kind of reckless thought that, hey, why don't we just try and, um, you know, let everyone get infected, uh, we'll get some herd immunity, and uh, we'll see what, what happens. We, we sort of believe that, you know, we're Vikings, we're strong, we're healthy, and, and we'll survive. And they have probably the highest death rate in the world right now. Uh, per capita. So, you know, there there is definitely a reason why we're doing this. They don't have the most cases, but they also at the same time said, we're not going to keep testing people. So they've got a, an unknown size of disease. They've got a very high death rate. Their death rate is about the same as Canada. We're a much larger country, but it's also climbing and it's climbing faster than ours. Uh, and they've gotten to this point uh, very quickly. So Sweden's one of those cases where, you know, we can't just necessarily run out and uh, resume the economy. So I was watching today, and Trudeau was saying, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make sure we follow the scientists. We're going to uh, take very cautious steps. Mm -hmm. And we're going to make sure that we don't put ourselves right back into the same situation where this disease grows faster than our healthcare system can handle it. And I fire some I questions think, at you, Jeff. Sure. What's your knowledge of the, let's just take North American mortality rate? Because they started so, out three, four percent. Now all the data I seem seems to be way under one uh, percent. Half well, a percent, so three quarters got, of a percent. Like, I was like, yeah, whoa, they started saying three and four percent when this thing broke loose. And now, like, that, any data that I've looked at lately has said, yeah, 0. 0.5 to well, 0.75. So I'm interested in that number. Yeah. So the, uh, I'm showing something on the screen here, Jim. And, uh, oh, yeah, cool. The 
the global fatality rate right now is at 6.38 percent there's no way so it, that's right that's there's no way that's right man that's 125,000 deaths i don't believe it that's six percent it's yeah most of no. europe over 10 percent no way yeah six yeah. percent worldwide six percent of Oh my God! That blows my mind. Of, of the COVID nineteen. So if you're, if you are tested positive for COVID nineteen, you globally you have a six percent chance of dying, and that's going up because the reason is that most of the cases have happened in the last month, right? And so. As those cases age, they're going to raise the rate, uh, and and that's what we've seen. We've seen Europe, um, you know, Italy's right now just under thirteen percent. Spain is ten and a half percent. France is eleven and a half percent. The UK is just under thirteen percent. I mean, I don't believe it, brother. Europe wow, unbelievable! Is, it's huge. Now, what about have you seen how does Canada? I don't know if you can compare the two. Tell me if it's fair to compare the two. But I thought that the states moved rather quickly to say, okay, hot spots we're not taking flights from right now. And Canada didn't seem to do that. And I thought that would come back to haunt them. Uh, has it? Or like, can you compare the two populations because they're not as dense? Yeah. Um... I don't think that density so much has as much of a play. It's just how widespread it was in the U.S. I mean, they have probably, you know, early on they had probably 30 seating events, whereas Canada had maybe four or five. And so I think that does have an effect as to how fast it, it grows. Hmm. Um, but, but Canada has much less cases than um, than the U.S. Uh, per capita, and uh, mm -hmm. I think I do have um, something here that I put together. This is my uh, risk analysis, and it goes through and it actually shows you per capita how many uh, how many people there are per case and how many people there are uh, per fatality. And so in the U.S., there's one case for every five. 145 people and there's one fatality for every 12,814 people so that gives you a sense that when you look at Canada we've got one case for every 882 people so almost double and uh, we've got um, you know one fatality for every 9,000 777. So our fatalities are actually worse than the than the U.S. right now, and um, that, but that's climbing for the U.S. pretty substantially. But we we're not doing that great on the fatality side, um, you know. So we have to be uh, careful about how much we think uh, the U.S. is is doing that much worse than us. In fact, the U.S. has been gaining a lot of news recently 
but Europe is far worse than the U.S. is right now. Um, there, uh, in the case of Spain, there's one case in every 271 people, and fatalities are one in 2,500 people. So it's Europe is a complete disaster right now, and the U.S. is not good. In most cases, it's worse than Canada, but it's not uh, as bad as Europe. Interesting. I'm just checking. Uh, I'm not sure if this has come through on the feed, but the Zoom call will be recorded fine. You can hear me all right, right? I can. So uh, tell me about what you're like. What's kind of what have you come become present to with this whole because this is unprecedented, right? And I think yeah. I was saying to somebody on the phone the other day, or maybe on social media. I think we're naturally drawn to, I think we're softer on, we're able to see and give the benefit of the doubt to leadership in times of crisis, even if it's not really strong, we're like, oh yeah, he's doing a good job, as long as it's not really a bad job, right? Uh, I think we're prone to saying, yeah, yeah. Here a lot of people saying, Doug Ford, way to go. I never thought I'd say this, but like, holy cow, he's really leading. Like, oh yeah, really? Uh, same with Trudeau, like, way to go. Wow, strong leadership at this time. <laughs> Trudeau, I mean, what? I don't know. I think he made a, a bunch of bad calls, and I don't see the leadership right down to his self-quarantine and the, the whole thing. But, uh, like, we've got unsecured borders and, and very little screening from many, many, many thousands of people that came in on flights from hotspots. And uh, how that doesn't make our population blow up with it is beyond me maybe we have yet to see that play out but can you speak in terms to as if have we hit the apex in canada as a whole or do you have to break it down as far as region goes or like i'm, I'm just i want to reach the apex i want to know where that happens and then yeah i well honestly i think it's too early still to to predict if we're at the apex and um what i have been able to do uh, is sort of look at the numbers and analyze different countries. Uh, what's happened in most countries is they've, they've fallen into certain groups. I have three groups, fast growers, middle growers, and slow growers. And Canada's in that middle group. We're in the, the, the middle group of middle growing companies or countries. Uh, most of Europe, and the US are in the fast growers. And then you've got some countries like Australia and uh, the Scandinavian countries that are in that slow growing group. Um, so there's, there are a few things that I think, there's a number of different factors that I think are kind of interesting to, to see. Um, Canada in the middle growing group has many statistics that are very similar to the others. And Iran continued to grow. Iran's another company, uh, country that's in that group. Continued to grow and continued to accelerate for another 25 days. So there is maybe some indication that Iran might be hitting an apex, but uh, there's really nothing about our group, the middle growing group, that says even though we're growing slower than the, the fast growing group, 
that we're getting close to an apex. Some of the countries um, that have hit apexes, uh, like South Korea, looks like Australia has, tend to be on the any indications yet that we've hit the apex. And we are slowing, we are slowing, but we're not, we're not at a point yet where we can say the cases are starting to taper off. Mm. Interesting. What, what, what other, uh, oh, whose internet's unstable? Yeah, you're, you're clipping there for a little bit, bro. Anyway, um, what else is, what else have you kind of gleaned from most of this data? Again, I only had, I was thinking more of a North American thing. Uh, I guess, you know, you're going to, the hotspots are going to peak before sometimes the outlying areas go. Um, any idea on, because we could talk about the, the you know, the, the fear and I have a shot here at CNN. You should see the stuff on the bottom of the CNN. Oh, it's just fear and fear, 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 fear. Anyway, uh, reopening, like we've got some identified groups now and I, going back to what we said earlier in the conversation, we have identified vulnerable groups, which is more data than we've had on most diseases immediately like this. Right. And whether it's obese or whether it's elderly or whether it's immune compromised, we know who to protect. So, you know, moving forward, like, can we get back to work idea? You know, may we protect those people, put some resources in. I mean, we could have flown all those elderly, all those at risk people to Hawaii for two months for the money we're spending, shutting everything down. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, just I, keeping them I, on what, the island for two months and say, okay, we're going to go through this over here. And when it's all calmed down, you can come back. Right. Yeah. You know, it's uh, so yeah. We got to protect those people, but then you've got a lot of people that are going to be asymptomatic that are actually immune to it, and that's another thing. The antibody test is no time coming soon, I guess. For and that's uh, not a swab. I think it's the blood work, right, to to realize if you just you're not going to get it at all. Um, I think the then, antibody test is uh, is pretty close. I think they've got good. some antibody tests. They just need to you know, get funding, uh, because what happens with the antibody test that's really different is um, they do it to a broad sample of society, and they, they basically see, okay, how many of these cases were asymptomatic, and we'll find that out by giving them this antibody test. The antibodies are developed uh, as a result of having had the disease. And so if they had they test positive for antibodies, it means they had the disease. That gives us ultimately the big picture number um, that would help lower the actual death rate. Uh, so there's uh, a pretty famous uh, doctor out of Stanford who was talking about this, um, that we just don't know how, how many people actually have the disease because we're only testing the people who have symptoms. It could be that a, a lot of people have had the disease and recovered, and we just don't know. Um, so uh, it, that was a very controversial statement. He was a very, he is a very highly regarded doctor, and, and this is his area of, of specialty. Um, 
it just goes to show that even though we have all this data, we don't necessarily know everything. And, and some of that will come from testing of antibodies. Do you have any, do you have any data, especially, I, mean, I think you could probably break it down by age of like the percentage of people that don't show symptoms when they get it? Um, I think that like as probably as the older you get, the more, I don't know, are you more likely to, does that ratio close? Yeah. Does, you know, as, as the age increases, like we know that the very young almost don't get it at all or don't show symptoms or are asymptomatic or whatever you call it. I'm not sure the correct medical term for it, but, um, and then yeah. it seems to be now I hear obesity today is the most at risk group. That surprised me. We've heard the elderly and the immune compromised. Um, like, do you have any data yeah. on, you know, the, what's the likelihood that like West Nile, there's a really good chance you get West Nile and never know it. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, um, one thing I can tell you for sure is there has been a breakdown of the age groups and, and it's pretty evenly dispersed across the age groups. I mean, there's, there's a pretty marked gap with people under 19, but people in their twenties, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's about a fifth of the cases, people in their 30s, it's about a fifth of the cases, uh, people in their 40s, it's a little bit more than that, and then people in their 50s, they're the biggest group. But people in their 70s and 80s are not necessarily getting this more than those other groups. And so I, I think a lot of people who are, you know, in our age group, under, underplay the risk there are a lot of people in our age group that are getting it. And when they get it, it's, they get very, very ill. Um, some people survive and never live the same life again. Like they're permanently changed. How about, uh, sorry to interrupt. Um, uh, you know, we've got some, it looks like some effective treatments, uh, maybe even a vaccine. I'm not too much interested in that, but um, talk to me about the models and how they turned out. I mean, it looks like we overestimated and I feel actually set political policy and shutdown policy based on those models. And now those models aren't, hey, we're, staying, we're not seeing what we thought we would see as far as a burden on the healthcare system even in states where they thought they were in big trouble, turns out it, well, maybe it's coming, I don't know, but they haven't seen that. So can you, can you speak to what the models were, what, where they came from and how could they, I mean, obviously there's room for error. There's, it's a human process, I would think, even though the computer generated assisted models or what have you, but you know, we set our policy on shutting everything down based on these models and these models are way off. How much have they been off by? Well, I don't, I don't necessarily think that the models have been that far off. I mean, one of the challenges with using math to predict something like this is you, you start off with very early data. And, and what you're predicting is if we don't control it, this is what it's going to look like. Um, oh. and, and then what ends up happening is people say, okay, what can we do to flatten the curve? 
and China and South Korea just did an amazing job. I mean, they, they basically removed everyone's uh, privacy. They collected all their cell phone data. Uh, they crunched numbers on it and they identified everyone that anyone could have come in contact with and they contacted them all and they tested them all. Um, so, you know, that, that was a, a very effective way of tracking this down and getting uh, on top of it. And uh, South Korea has got 10,000 cases after starting off being one of the worst countries hit by this. Um, China, you know, we've seen the numbers. They're in the, the 80, mid 80s, mid 80,000. Um, you know, that's a country that uh, had every reason to go as bad as the U.S. did. And uh, I don't believe you know, any of the numbers coming out of China. And I think the U.S. numbers are being inflated, too, because everything's getting, you know what? This actually comes down to politics and numbers and budgets and stuff. And everyone's, you know, I saw an article, I think it was in the New York Times of all places, not too long ago, and it was, where are the CVDs? Where are the heart attacks and strokes? They're, they're, they're like, there's, they're not coming in. What, are they all dying at home? Like, where are they? these wards are empty right now? And uh, interesting that I think some of the numbers are being padded. For instance, if you have a heart attack and you happen to have COVID, whether you're sick with it or not, it's going down as a COVID stat. So I wonder how accurate all this stuff is. But I trust the American stats um, more than I would trust the Chinese if I was to pick. Well, yeah, I, I, that's an interesting point. I mean, um, I, I heard some some data out of New York uh, about 911 calls and uh, people are dying at home. Yeah, their their calls for deaths at home are uh, through the roof. It used to be like you'd get 20 a day, and uh, now it's like 240 uh, a day, and they're not being logged as COVID-19 cases. People are are not, you know, those those dead bodies are not being tested. Um, so. I don't know, you know, I think there's a certain amount of uncertainty about the data overall. Um, but to say that it's flat out wrong or false, mm. I think is not, is not the way to go either. Well, well forecasting anything that you've never lived through is not, can't be easy, I guess. But uh, yeah, do you what, think we got what, caught, we got caught, caught flat footed? Obviously, I think we we did, and you know we've seen yeah. actually the states seem to recover very quickly and not needed near as much as they thought they were going to. I mean, New York was asking for forty thousand uh, ventilators or something. I don't even think they needed ten or what have you. So it's uh, you know, but as far as the PPE goes, even the shipment that went back to China and then like uh, just our susceptibility to being, you know, all the, all the stuff comes from China. Most of the drugs come from China. It's like China, China, China. It's like, yeah, you know, have you seen many holes or places that, you know, might have benefited from this experience as far as pre preparation for the next one? Because we know this, there's going to be another one. And yeah, maybe the not, the next one's even scarier. Who knows this one? I mean, I don't know how you rate it, but like, I'm not that afraid of this, even though I'm playing by the rules and being precautious. And hey, before the flu, before this flu, I always opened my door with my sleeve, any door. So, you know, I don't touch back. Like I take precautions. I wash my hands a lot in flu season. 
people call me OCD. I'm like, no, I just don't want to get sick. It's a function of, you know, um, yeah. a germ fan and they used yeah. to call me. So I was, I've always been uh, protective of it because I just don't like the head colds. I don't like getting sick of anything. So I'm careful, but I'm not worried yeah. that this is going to kill me. And I don't think, I just pray to God that we find a decent, quick way out of this because there's far more people going to die from the treatment, from the shutting down of the economy, the hopelessness and the lack of funds and the drug addiction. And dude, I don't know, but you know, you get locked up too much alone and you're like, oh yeah, well, I can drink today. I can drink tomorrow. I can drink the next day too. Like this is really yeah. going to have an effect on suicides and mental health and way more than the virus ever would. Just the economy being shut down. That's, I mean? that's, a, that's a fair commentary. I think a lot of people are concerned about that. Um, so, the, and I'm, I'm concerned about that. But you brought up a couple of good points. Um, and one uh, really relates to a point that um, Bill Gates uh, try, has been trying to drive home for about five years. And it comes down to how are countries preparing for this and how are we prepared as as uh, a globe for infectious disease. Uh, now, Bill Gates, I don't know if you've followed his career after Microsoft, but he started the uh, Bill, Bill and Melinda Gates uh, Foundation. And one of the things they've been trying to do is eliminate infectious diseases. Uh, and they've worked on a number of them. So he's got a, a lot of expertise in this area. Uh, and he said uh, recently um, that no country, almost no country, will get an A score out of how they've handled this. So there's going to be a lot of learnings. Uh, and I think one great thing about all this data we are collecting is that um, there will be a lot of information to help make better decisions going forward. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think that we have in any way handled this well in Canada. Um, I don't think they handled it well in the U S we could have prepared much more, much faster, uh, going back to, you know, late January, early February, we really kind of waited. And even when the cases started to show up here, uh, we waited until they were significant enough to shut the economy down. Um, but then there's another point, and I think, you know, how do we see this, this curve down? And I'm really interested in the numbers from Australia. Um, you know, Australia, Southern Hemisphere, they're going through their summer, we're coming out of our winter uh, in the Northern Hemisphere. We've got four times more cases, but we passed a thousand on the same day, a thousand cases. Uh, so Australia um, has uh, about 6,000. We have about 25, 26,000, 27,000 cases. Um, we're, I'm wondering if it's the difference in weather. You know, is it the fact that they've got warmer weather, people are you know, uh, better um, outside and better air quality than we are cooped up inside our house? Um, we all know that the air quality inside our house is not as good as the air quality outside. Um, so I, I'm wondering if all those things contri contribute to us being more su uh, susceptible. And then there's the whole UV factor and whether or not that neutralizes the 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 virus. Um, not to mention no the hard UVs data. we're supposed to get through our eyes, which is a huge 
got a huge component of depression linked to it. You know, the alleviation of the depression anyways, it's you the, through the eyes I hear anyway, sunshine makes me feel good, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, everything's closed, right? You gotta be careful where you go. I don't know. I mean, I, I walk my little thing, but come to think of it, what is that a city park? I just went through up there. Maybe it's closed. It's a trail. It's the lakefront trail. Like what? I'm going to get somebody come up and saying, you know, this is closed. What are you, how inconsiderate? What do you know? <laughs> yeah. People walking, you know, yeah. 20 feet distance around me. I'm like, okay, like I'll do it. I'll play the game with you, but I think it's ridiculous. Like be careful, obviously, but 20 feet. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, but don't speak nicely to me either. You can feel your moisture coming through the uh, transmission, <laughs> Lokes. I appreciate your time, Lokes. It's, uh, it's, you know, I just, I've seen so much of your, oh, what's going on? Oh, Zoom is canceling our meeting. They've run, they've, they've oh, got because a you got a third person on there, dude. Yeah. Oh, oh is that it? So yeah, you can have two on? for as, you can, you can have two for as long as you want. We've removed on your group meeting. Okay, good. Well, thank you. Thank you, Zoom. COVID, it's a gift from COVID. Love it. Okay, you gotta click love it. Oh, okay. Yeah, just uh, click that thing off. Anyways, yeah, so it's strange how uh, worlds collide because we've come together. I mean, you're pretty political too and we've come together on many things and I was telling the story on another broadcast the other day. You tried to get me to make up with a certain local troll He's off Twitter though now. I'm not going to mention his name. Anyway, what else is going on, bro? What else can you tell me about the stats and what we got to do moving forward? Like the light at the end of the tunnel. Did you know? Do we protect the vulnerable and get the young and the healthy back to work? With you know, we're going to have the we're going to have new tests soon, hopefully in Canada. The state seems to be on top of it pretty pretty quickly, even with the hydrochloroquine. Uh, uh, they bought a whole bunch of it from India, I saw the other day. And what, do we even have PPEs if we need them? I don't know. I, know. I, I think um, we're hearing that uh, they do have enough. Um, in Canada, that I was listening to uh, our premier today, and he, he said they they just struck a deal to, to make a whole bunch of face shields and so on. So I think they're going to be fine on that front. Um, I don't think the U.S. is out of the water, uh, but I do notice that um, cases are on a rapid decline globally. So uh, this week we had, you know, two of the highest days, and we have one of the lowest days as well. Um, we're sort of seeing a, a decline over the last uh, three or four days, from the highest to, you know, the lowest numbers I've seen since the end of March. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's a good thing. I think the uh, the weather, I'm hoping the weather will have an effect. Um, you know, Canada is still kind of in that, the, the numbers are going up and down on new cases per day, but it's not continuously trending upwards like it used to. And so, you know, I think we're probably in a relatively stable situation where we won't overwhelm our, our medical system. And hopefully that number will start to 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 decline um, over time. Um, we also had this past week uh, the first 
sub 1,000 new cases per day. So hopefully we'll see more of those show up in a week, um, and and that'll be a good sign. But uh, I don't think we're out of this before the end of this month, and I think it'll probably be at least mid-May before they're going to make a call on how they're going to come out of this. All right, brother. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. I'm going to get back to one. I'm not, I, t I tweeted today. I'm like, I'm busy. Just kidding. I'm not busy. Actually, I did uh, another interview today, but I appreciate your time, brother. And uh, for people that want to find you, just give us a little uh, idea where they can. I put, I think it's in this, but this will be up on BitChute later. So if they want to email you or get a hold of you or see your Facebook page, what's the deal? Yeah, you can uh, email me at jeff at winrocks.ca. That's W-I-N-R-O-X dot C-A. Um, my Facebook is uh, Jeff Lokes. Um, just look me up. And that's pretty much it. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at Jeffrey Lokes, Jeffrey dot Lokes um, as well. Yeah, so that's... Those are the three ways to get a look. I, I got a prediction for you. Mm -hmm. uh, spikes in suicides, pregnancies, and divorces. Yeah. That's COVID-19. And some people will belong to all or many of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, pregnancies, that's a good one to have. You know, that's a good yeah, problem. Yeah. Anyways, appreciate your time, brother. Thank you for that. All right. And uh, we'll touch you up soon, maybe with some new data. All right. Take care. Peace. Thanks, Lokes. Thanks. How do you turn this thing off? Anybody? <laughs> well, I was recording. Good. I'm about sure, I think. Is this in the meeting? <laughs>